Welcome to the Health Trip Podcast. My name is Jill Foos. I'm a functional medicine and integrative nutrition health coach. I created this podcast to bring you along as we travel down intriguing science-packed roads, debunking old medical paradigms and perusing new innovative therapies and modalities with the finest functional medicine doctors, practitioners, and like-minded biohackers while living our best life. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode on the Health Trip Podcast. The menopause transition brings many challenges for midlife women. The usual suspects are hot flashes, vaginal dryness, low libido, hair loss, and insomnia. Did you know that midlife women are at risk of losing 1% of their lean muscle mass per year starting at age 30? Did you know that midlife women are also at risk for declining bone health, leading to fractures, loss of strength and balance, and eventually loss of independence. Exercising during midlife is crucial to women's longevity plans. Fragility fractures are fractures resulting from a fall from standing height or less. These fractures, which most commonly occur at the hip, spine, or wrist, are an indication that the body's bones have been weakened by an underlying illness, mostly due to osteoporosis. Lean muscle mass keeps our bones strong and healthy. Exercise is a midlife woman's greatest weapon to use against adverse aging consequences. There are many different forms of exercise from dancing to swimming, hiking to cross-country skiing, weightlifting to yoga, Pilates, and so much more. Ideally, you should find joy in the movement that you choose, but sadly, many women have yet to find what works for them during midlife. I'm a huge proponent of moving the dial with weight-bearing exercises during this time. While some women don't love going to the gym, yoga and Pilates are both excellent ways of using your body weight to build lean muscle mass. My guest today is someone very special to me. Not only is she a longtime friend of mine, but she is an expert Pilates instructor who has even invented a form of Pilates for younger children. Lily Horowitz is a leading certified Pilates instructor with over 30 years of experience in the fitness industry. She was first exposed to Pilates 25 years ago as a student of the method. After personally realizing the benefits of the work and seeing changes in her own body and physical ability, she was then trained and certified. Lily is originally from the Chicago area, where she is regarded as one of the premier and most effective Pilates instructors in the area. She is the founder of The Core Method, her proprietary instructional method based on the founding principles of Joseph H. Pilates and the integration of other core development techniques. The Core Method is designed to create a total body experience that leaves you feeling and looking stronger, taller, and more balanced. Lily serves a diverse clientele, but focuses on those 55 years and older and has many clients in their 80s feeling and looking great. She currently has three trademark businesses, The Core Method, Stretch, Strength, and Stability, and Kid Lotties, a special program designed to bring movement and mental wellness to children. So sit back, relax, and open your mind, and we are going to deep dive into Pilates. Just a short medical disclaimer before we dive in. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice or to make any lifestyle changes to treat any medical condition in yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any of my guests on my podcast. Hi, Lily. Welcome to the Health Trip Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I guess we should preface by saying that we've known each other for over 20 years. We yes, met we when your son, your number two and my number three were in preschool. We did. It was a long time ago. And you have been the Pilates queen the entire time. <laughs> well, yeah, I've taught Pilates for the last 25 years and before that, I was just a fitness instructor and a personal trainer for about 10 years. Yeah, no, let's dive into your story a little bit. Like, how did you end up in this space of becoming an expert Pilates instructor? You know, what drew you into this? 
So first of all, um, what drew me in was actually my mother-in-law at the time was just telling me that I should try Pilates. And I had already been in fitness for years. I had never heard of the, of, of the, the discipline. So I was curious and I went to a class with her and I was just so amazed at how <clears throat> smart it was because Pilates is really about how your whole body works together, starting from your core and then going outwards, sort of. And I thought, you know, after so many years in fitness, this was a really smart way to teach people how to move their bodies. Um, so then I had children, then I didn't do Pilates for a long time. And then after I had my daughter, um, my mother-in-law came once a week, a studio had opened up where we raised our kids and I went to class and I couldn't do anything. I couldn't hmm. do a roll up. I couldn't do a roll down. I couldn't do any, anything that required core strength. I couldn't do. And it sort of made me crazy that there was some fitness form that I couldn't do because mm -hmm. I was in fitness. So I got, I studied and I went to classes every week and I got books and I got videos and I was primarily doing mat work. I wasn't doing any equipment at all. It was all on the floor. So it was just me and my body. And through that process, my whole body changed. In what way? And well, my, everything got a little bit more defined like mm -hmm. my legs. And I was always muscular. I was an ice skater as a kid before I got into fitness. So I was always muscular, but I, they never had shape, mm -hmm. like nothing, like there was no separation between my, my butt and my thigh. It was just mm -hmm. like one big area. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed after Pilates or like my inner thighs, I never had any kind of little space there that everybody was always looking for. Not that it matters, but Yes, right. it's something that people strive for. I never had that. I got that when I started doing Pilates. So mm -hmm. I thought, you know what? This is so crazy. Everybody, because Pilates was 25 years ago, 30 years ago, people were just like starting to hear about it, but mostly just the equipment side of it, not the mat side of it. And I found so much value in the mat side of it because I, I saw quickly saw the difference you know, on the mat, you are, you are using your own body. You are the resistance. You are mm -hmm. making the resistance with your own body and maybe some little props, right? On the equipment, there's a lot of movement that happens. It's spring loaded. It sort of looks like Chinese torture equipment, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very effective. It's just that sometimes you can get too much assistance and not enough resistance. Mm. Plus, it can be very cost prohibitive. I mean, you know, people come to see me, it's $90 an hour, one-on-one. -on -one. They're going to get a great workout, but, you know, not everybody can afford to do that. Right. And Matt brings you down to a level where you can afford it. It's affordable. It's something you can do either at a studio or at your own home. Mm -hmm. um, you it, it's, it's versatile and it allows you to do the work, but not break the bank. So what so, do you think about all of these studios popping up? I know there's some in Chicago, one right down the street. And I tried one of these classes and they've got these lights going and the music. And it's like a, it's like a nightclub, but with Pilates reformers in it. And it, I, I injured myself, you know, and I am a strong, lean yes, woman are. and I injured myself because I could not keep up with the pace of it. And I always thought well, when I think of Pilates, whether it's on the reformer or the other equipment or on the mat, I think of a very calm state. I know hard, yes. but a calm yeah. state. And it should be calm. Um, okay. I'm going to say this. I may get into some trouble, but I'm going to say um, that's not Pilates. I agree with you. It's just not Pilates. Um, so, and you were on not a reformer. You were probably on a megaformer. Did it have a platform on either side yes. and like, yes. okay. Springs. So yes. this is di totally different. Um, it, that the mega former, a little, get a little history for two seconds. The mega former was actually created by somebody named Christian Legree. 
So I'm sure you've heard of the Legree yes. method. Okay. Yes. So that's Christian Legree, who is not a Pilates instructor, mm. but maybe took some classes or did some studying. Maybe he studied. I don't know his background entirely, so I can't really say, but I do know that I do not think he's certified in Pilates. So he created this mega former, which is very different than a reformer. Mm. The reformer is, um, you know, the platform moves, but it's only really one direction. It's not spring loaded on both sides. It doesn't have a platform on both sides. And you would never in a million years ever be working at the pace mm -hmm. you're working at when you're doing a class like what you're talking about. And I know what you're talking about because I went to one um, and, and, it, and it was interesting. And guess what? I got hurt and I'm strong. Right. I'm strong. I teach it, but I, I couldn't believe how fast it was. And, um, and the pace, the pace is dangerous. And I'll, and, and I'll tell you why for me, pace, fast paced movement is, can be dangerous when you're doing certain things only because you get a lot of momentum and not a lot of control. So it's either one or the other, either you're working for sweat and and momentum and cardio mm -hmm. or you're not mm -hmm. but putting the two together I think is a recipe for disaster unless you're you know under the age of 35 yeah yeah no I don't disagree with that especially for women our age who are in their mid-50s we're post-menopausal maybe in menopause but um you know post-menopausal we really need to be careful I was uh just did a podcast on my DEXA scan with a bone health um, MD. And, mm -hmm. you know, we have to talk about bone health for women and how it declines once we go through menopause and we're on the other side of that. And maybe our nutrition is not up to par. And we're going to dive into all of that, but bone health and fragility fractures and um, avoiding sarcopenia, which is muscle wasting. These are all things. So when I think of Pilates, I think of all these things, all of these mm -hmm. adverse outcomes, these adverse health outcomes for women who are in post-menopause and beyond um, and how Pilates could be so beneficial to them, which brings me to to this question of what are the main principles behind Pilates? Okay. So first of all, I'm going to, I'm going to answer that, but I'm going to jump back and just okay. say that muscles support your structure. Yep. So if you, the muscles that support the structure are not strong, the structure runs the risk of fracturing and doing things like that. So that's one of the most important things about Pilates is that it's working, it's a total body sort of, you know, system that works everything from here down to your ankle and even your feet. I mean, you're using your feet in Pilates a lot. Um, and so, yes, Pilates, it's important for women because yes, our bones are not what they used to be. And we need to support the muscles, you know, strengthen the muscles to support that structure. We need to have core strength. And when I talk about core strength, I don't mean these pretty six pack muscles because they're great if you can get them, but that does not mean you have a strong core. Um, I've been worked with a lot of people who have a six pack. They can't do the work that it requires deep core stabilizing. Mm. They just can't because these muscles are not deep. These are superficial muscles. They're right under your skin. And that's why when you're lean enough and muscular enough, you can get that pretty six pack look, but it's not your core. Your core, when I'm talking about your core, first of all, your core is basically everything but your arms and your legs. Hmm. So your arms and your legs are attached to this. This whole area is what I consider your core, including your glutes. Hmm. And, um, the reason you want to think that way is because then when you're moving your arms and your legs, this can work mm. and it helps sort of give your arms and your legs more power, more control, more everything you need. Otherwise these move independently of this whole area and it's, it, you run the risk of injury and people hurt their backs because they're not connected here while they're mm -hmm. lifting or lowering or bending or stretching or whatever it is they're doing. So this part of your body needs to be strong. 
Now, from a core, core standpoint, core muscle standpoint, um, we're really talking about the deepest layer of muscle tissue we have, which is transverse abdominis. Do you know what that is? No. No. Okay, so transverse abdominis because you can't see it. It's the very first layer of muscle tissue you have over your organs and your spine. It starts at the last rib. I'm going to just pop my camera down so I can show you. starts at the last rib and it goes to the top of the pubic bone. Mm. So it's very long. And um, it is also the only muscle in your whole body that's a cylinder. So it wraps around you like a girdle. And, mm. and so therefore, like between here and here, you're talking about your lumbar spine space, a little bit of your middle back, your thoracic spine space. And when that, when the internal walls of transverse abdominis get engaged and strengthen, they sort of like singe in a little bit. So instead mm -hmm. of being like that, it can be like that. And if it's like this, then everything underneath it, meaning your vertebra and your organs, but mostly your spine can stay where it's supposed to be. If it's like this and you're doing all this work where you're recruiting from back there, you can, you're not as strong as you could be. So, and if it's like this, and you're doing all this work where you could be recruiting from back there, you're not gonna get injured because everything's working to keep that area strong and protected. That is Make so sense. interesting. And if, if you are out there listening to this, I really urge you to go over to the YouTube channel to watch this because she gives an amazing demonstration. But I really love this um, demonstration because it connects the dots to me between functional movement, right? So when I work with my clients, I'm always thinking about longevity, right? What are those functional movements we need in our 70s, 80s, and 90s? You know, getting up from the floor, picking things up, pushing things, pulling things, mm -hmm. carrying things. And when you have that strong core, like you're talking about, when that muscle is engaged, that is going to help elderly women yep. do all yes. of these things. Yes. And, 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 and remain independent, right? Not land in a exactly. nursing home. Exactly. Exactly. And by the way, not fall down because right. all my, most of the clients I work with now, especially are anywhere between 70 and 95. Oh, I love that. And it's just, I love, I love that population because mm -hmm. I know those are the people that need my help. Those yeah. are the people that need the work that I teach and the way that I teach it so that they can connect and get strong and not fall down. Because as we age, I mean, we're one fall away from just a cascade of bad things. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's most important to me. So in a lot of my work, I do balance too. But you know, if you have a strong core, again, if that's really connecting, connected and strong, even when you trip or you misstep, you can feel how that turns on. And the importance of that is that when you go and you trip and you can't catch yourself to not fall down, and let's say you do go down, I call it a controlled fall mm. because you, you are, your body becomes right aware. It's like right away. Oh, uh, I better connect. And I have felt it because by the way, I trip too sometimes. Um, so I know it happens because I can feel it in my own body. And I've had clients tell me, you know, I went to fall down and I, I, I felt my core. I felt it connect. And then what happened? Well, I, I fell, but I didn't fall as hard and I didn't hurt myself. Wow, that's amazing. When this isn't connected and this isn't strong, and it's not just transverse abdominis, it's everything all the way up to rectus abdominis. That's just, that's the muscle I focus on the most to connect first. And then it's like an onion. We're going up the other layers of, of the core and the rest of the body so that everything's strong. Um, but when that's connected, you think like, oh, well, I'm not floppy. So I'm not like a raggedy and doll. Mm -hmm. When this isn't connected, you go to fall down. You have no control. Mm -hmm. The only control you have is you got to hope there's something to grab onto so you don't really fall down. But when transverse abdominis is connected and your core is strong, your chances of falling, not only are they much less, but the chances that you fall and actually hurt yourself yeah. are 
much less. Yeah. Because you can, you can, you, 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 you can feel what's happening. You're very connected to your body when you do Pilates because, you know, the way I teach it, you're, you're always thinking navel to spine, which is one of the cues that I use in my classes. And it's a way for people to understand like where their belly needs to be in space. And when you're connected to that, you're always connected to it because there's a mind body connection in Pilates 100% for sure. And it's where am I in space and where are my shoulders and where's my belly and what am I, what are my legs doing? And so that's how you, what you learn when you do the work and it can carry over into everyday life. Like say to my clients, it's not just the hour you're with me once or twice a week. It's the other hours you're not with me. So, you know, have the cues in your head and you use them when you're, when you're not here. And I have a, I have a like, question about the belly yeah. to um, the navel to spine, navel to spine. Thank you. Yeah. Are we always supposed to be in that mode? Well, I say, I mean, I have it tattooed on my wrists, navel to spine all the time. <laughs> um, yeah. Then I say to my clients, look, I have it tattooed on my wrist. Mm-hmm. You can do it. Must too. be important. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. I think that I say sitting, standing, walking. If you can remember navel to spine, sitting, standing, and walking, you're good. You're because remember you have muscle memory. So the more you do something, the more the body remembers to do it. Especially if it's a muscular scenario, and and the more you do it, the more you'll do it. The more you think about it, the more your body will automatically do it. And there's certain times of the day where I'm like, oh god, I'm slouching, and I'm slouching because I'm not navel to spine. Because the minute you pull navel to spine, you automatically will sit up straighter. I'm sitting I mean, up straighter. You just, you just will because right. it's impossible to pull navel to spine and slouch. It, the two don't go together because it's, the, it's one of the cues we use to get you to get connected with transverse abdominis. Yeah. I'm just thinking about all the people who during COVID switched their work routine and landed at home. And even if they were at work and they were sitting at a desk, now they're at home and they're in, you know, pajama bottoms with an executive shirt on and they don't Mm -hmm. have to be so formal, right? No one's really watching. And just how everyone's posture has probably gone to absolute shit. And what does that do? What does this slouching ultimately do to our bodies long-term? Well, long-term it, it's, it, it, it can affect your spine, your spinal alignment, your structure, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're not working, like, let's say this is your spine. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is your front and this is your back. So your head weighs 15 pounds. Well, that's a lot. And then your if you have, you know, breasts, large ones, small ones, doesn't matter. They weigh something too. So mm-hmm. already we're, we're headed this way. Mm. So strengthening core, meaning, you know, transverse abdominis and all the actual like, you know, abdominal wall, abdominal muscles, and then working on upper back, which is another one, a cue that I give to get people to connect and then strengthening those muscles. Well, now we have this strong, which automatically kind of corrects us a little bit. And then we have these strong, which really corrects us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's the whole principle behind Pilates and, you know, sort of the way I teach it because I work with this population and I'm in the population. So I, I know what, I know what's happening. We're all headed this way. Everybody's headed this way. Yeah, if for they sure. don't work on <clears throat> strengthening this and strengthening that. Yeah. I mean, you see elderly people walking around who are so bent over and they can't, it's like they're sitting in a chair, but they're walking and it's so sad. You know, their, their view of the world around them is, is so skewed at that point. And there must be so much pain involved and lack of options to do things in your life. So you make a very good point besides strength and flexibility and stamina, go into the mind-body component of Pilates. What else is it doing for us? Well, I think from my, from my point of view, um, I think when you tell your brain 
what your body needs to be doing, um, it becomes a very meditative sort of scenario. Mm -hmm. And whether you're on the equipment and, you know, your breath is very purposeful and your movement is very purposeful. And, you know, there's a lot of thinking that goes on because you're thinking, where are my shoulders? Where are my ribs? Where am I navel to spine? What are my legs doing? What direction are my feet in? Are my legs straight? Are my glutes working? There's a lot of things that go on um, up here to get you to do the work properly. Do you find that clients that come to you who live very high stress lives find peace in Pilates? They get to, because the, you can't think about both things. You can't think about the work environment and moving your body at the same time because right. it's just not going to happen. Yes. Yeah. So definitely it's a, it's a, it's a respite for them to not, even if it's family stuff or kids or husbands or wives or whatever it is, right. yeah, it's, a, it's an hour to just sort of like be one with your body and sort of pay attention to what's happening to just you at that moment. Nobody else, just you, just you and your body. So the mind body component, while it doesn't feel that powerful when you think about it and you've never done the work before, when you do the work, you're like, oh, wow, God, how many things does she want me to think about at the same time? After a while, I still cue it, but you automatically do it because your body's like, oh, this is where we need to be right now. Okay. Shoulders down, you know, wh whatever it is that you're doing and you're asking your body to do, it can do it. It can, it can sort of, the two go really do go hand in hand from a movement standpoint. So a lot of women our age that are post-menopause experience urinary incontinence, they experience, um, bowel control dysfunction. So a lot going on in the pelvic area, even, you know, we could talk about sexual health, right? Just sure. sexual pain, but let's talk about sexual function and, um, how, and, and just pelvic floor exercising and how that correlates with Pilates. So your pelvic, your pelvic floor is part of your core. I mean, it's down there, but it's definitely part of your core. When I was initially trained, you know, 28, 30 years ago, I, I was taught to exhale and do a Kegel. So mm -hmm. blow your air out and lift up sort of mm -hmm. from the mm -hmm. inside, literally from the inside. Um, when I began my, when I started my own practice and my own business, I didn't necessarily teach it that way because there is a lot going on to begin with to, in order for you to be able to do the work right. I felt like, well, talking about what their vagina should be doing maybe wouldn't be the right way for them to understand. So when you pull in and up from navel to spine, you're sort of lifting up from that pelvic floor already. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily pelvic floor work, but you, you can, you can, you know, exhale navel to spine and do a Kegel. You can, I find the best way to do those is really when you're going to the bathroom and right. just like, you know, stopping your stream and starting and stuff like that. But yeah. um, you're right. It's definitely an issue and it's not an issue for me. But I know it has, it's an issue for a lot of people that, um, that they have a weak pelvic floor from having kids and just being weighed down. Yeah. When I was uh, preparing for this podcast with you, I was of course, deep diving into PubMed research. Cause I am such a nerd that way. And I found a few studies and one of them was a pilot study done in 2021, showing that there's a correlation between women's sexual function and Pilates, as well as lowering feelings of depression. And I thought that was really cool, mm -hmm. right? You know, maybe you don't have to take an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety med. I'm not saying if there is a place for those in someone's health equation, for sure. But what what a way to um, tack on some exercise and have these amazing benefits during a time of struggle. Agreed. Um, it's sort of like kill three birds with one stone. You know, it's um, and it's and it's number one. It's important. The most important thing is that 
you know, we keep moving as we get older, yeah. even if it hurts, like even if, even if it doesn't feel a hundred percent great and we don't want to, even I, you know, I don't love exercising. That's, I love to teach exercise, but unlike you, Jill, I don't love to exercise the way you love to exercise. I literally have to make myself exercise. I have to make myself do it. And I am sure a lot of people relate to that, even though I teach the work of people think like, you should love it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you have to keep moving. But I think when you give yourself that space every week to sort of get connected or twice a week or whatever you, you can do, um, there is a mood elevating aspect to it, 100%. And there is, I think, a, a, a sexual aspect to it. Because if you feel better about yourself, then you're going to feel better in the bedroom. Like, and if you feel like you look better, you're going to feel better naked. Absolutely. And those things all like, you know, they're all, it's all in your head and it, but it all matters when it comes to how we feel about ourselves in front of the mirror naked or in bed with somebody else. Right. It matters. It does matter. But I, so I think it, I think it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a win-win all the way around. I agree you with you. Emotionally, physically, psychologically, it's really just, you know, you, you're taking care of yourself. You're doing something good for yourself. You're moving your body, you're getting stronger. And then you see the physical changes and you're like, wow. I mean, Joseph Pilates says 10 times before you feel a difference, 20 times before you see a difference, and 30 times before other people are like, hey, mm. Jill, what are you doing? You look really good. Your, your butt looks better or whatever. Your arms look more toned, whatever it is. Um, it, yeah, I it love helps. that you're I love that you're giving a time frame because I did want to talk about, you know, if if someone is new to this, they've never done Pilates and they have no idea what to expect of their body, what to expect of the teaching. Um mm-hmm but they know it's going to be good for them. Right. So they embark on this journey. They go to a Pilates class or they work with someone like you. And one of my questions was how long until you see results. And a lot of times people will go to the gym and they'll have their first workout with their trainer. And all of a sudden they can't move for three days and they think, right, screw that. I'm not going back. That is horrible. Right. I would imagine that if you're new to something like Pilates and even yoga, you're going to feel there's going to be discomfort. Oh yeah. Days later. Well, yes, there, well, there always is. And, and, you know, Pilates is one of those things where, um, you feel it more, the longer you do it. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, you may not come out of your first Pilates class and be like, Oh my God, I can't move. You may not feel that way because you spend a lot of time learning, not a lot of time, there's a little bit of a learning curve and the learning curve is, you know, what I or your instructor wants you to do with your body while you're doing the work. And there's a little bit of a learning curve in learning all the different cues that, you know, I'm a cure. So I, I tell you all the time, when to inhale, when to exhale, where your shoulders should be, where your feet should be. Um, takes a little bit to get the, the hang of what it is I'm talking about, but it's a pretty quick study. I mean, if somebody who's 90 can pick it up quickly, right? pretty much us, everybody. Can. Us 50 some year olds shouldn't have a problem. Exactly. We should right. not have a problem. Yeah. And, you know, and it's not necessarily, so even though um, you may get sore, you will never, and I can pretty much say never get the, as sore as you get from a trainer and weights in Pilates, because Pilates, while it's um, strengthening work, it's also lengthening work. So where you're here engaged, you know, you're maybe, let's say your legs are extended out away from your body, you're lengthening and strengthening simultaneously. So what happens is you don't get this shortening load of the muscles that that the next day you're like, oh my God, I can't straighten my arms because you're always, you know, you're in extension and then you're in flexion. So there's something about that. I don't know what it is that you're also not lifting, you know, 50 pounds of weight. You're, it's a, 
it's a in the way I teach it, it's a less is more scenarios, less weight, the more benefit you're getting. Yeah. So I used to do Pilates, um, many years ago, I, I haven't done it since I got hurt in that one disco class, but, um, <laughs> I used to do it. And I also am a huge weight trainer. So I love yeah. lifting heavy and I felt that the Pilates and just how you're explaining the core movement, I felt it enhanced my ability to lift in better posture and more weight. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not so, surprised. Yeah. So one of the things I read about Pilates was it's really good for sports performance. So if you golf, if you play tennis, if you, um, play hockey, right. For men yep. uh, or women, baseball. but if baseball, anything, especially where you're twisting your core mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I have an L4L. Rotation. Yeah. And I have an L4, L5 bulging disc, like so many people out there. Right. And so mm -hmm. twisting is mm -hmm. really challenging. Is Pilates safe for people who have bulging discs? Well, I, I'll say yes, hundred percent for sure. Because, um, most of my clients, when I was in the Chicago area were from the Rehab Institute of Chicago, and they all came with a bad back. And they came to me post post PT, when for some of them, nothing worked and PT wasn't helping. And it helped. Mm -hmm. And again, it goes back to that same concept. If you have L3, L1, L5, L6, S1 herniated or, you know, bulging, and you don't have that connection with transverse abdominis, it can, it can go all sorts of directions. But when you're connected, it sort of keeps everything where it needs to be. And therefore it can't move. You know, when it moves, then nerves get impinged or things get tweaked, right? And when you have something that can't move because the muscles surrounding it are so strong, then you can do more with less pain. It's also great for blood flow. And as we age, our blood flow slows down. It's not as efficient, right? And so mm -hmm. we talk about erectile dysfunction for men, sexual dysfunction for women. You know, we have this little molecule called nitric oxide. And as we age, this little molecule doesn't work as well. And so the blood flow from doing Pilates, doing yoga, moving every day is so important to that longevity plan as well in terms of being vital and, and having a vibrant life and a sexual life. Yeah. Agreed. So the blood agreed. flow, I, the breathing, the strength, the flexibility, I mean, the list goes on and what doesn't Pilates do? Well, I don't um, cook dinner. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. It doesn't cook dinner. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it, it does a lot of, it does. It has so many benefits that I don't know why more people don't do it. Yeah. Especially because it can be, you don't need the equipment to do Pilates. And I think that's the biggest misnomer is that you need the equipment. And if you can't do it right, if you don't have the equipment, I mean, you can do it with water bottles. You don't need heavy weights. Um, you really don't. I, I, I don't ever, I don't, we don't, I don't ever lift anything more well with clients than five pounds. That's it. It's, and it's when it's, and I say less is more, I really mean that like less movement is better. The bigger, the movement, the less we're connected with our core, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, the lighter, the weight, the more we can connect with our core, the heavier, the weight, the more this works and this can't connect because this is so busy doing all the work and the lifting that this doesn't even have a chance to turn up. So there's a, there's a real reason why I teach it the way I teach it or why it's done the way it's done. Again, every teacher's different. So not all people teach it the same way. Um, but hopefully they do because it's beneficial for everybody for right. so many reasons. So let's circle back and talk to that person listening that might be thinking about starting Pilates. They've never done it before. Maybe they have an injury they're nursing. Maybe they just haven't moved since pre-pandemic. Um, what do you recommend they do? How do they find the right Pilates instructor, that right partner for them? Because there are certain certifications people should look for. Um, so break that down. Well, um, there are a lot of different Pilates certifications out there. 
a lot of them. Um, I don't necessarily think one is better than the other. Um, I got trained one way and then I studied three other approaches that I found interesting. Um, one was for breath, one was for pace, and one was for intensity of the, of the actual exercises. And then I took that with what I was trained with and I sort of fused it together to create the core method. So, um, I, you know, I, there, there really is the best way to know is to go and see if you have a connection with that teacher. You tell the teacher what your issues are. You tell the teacher, I haven't exercised in 30 years, or, you know, I really want to get back on the wagon and I, I, can't, I can't do it. And, you know, can you help me? I, or, you know, I have a bad back, so please be mindful or a bad shoulder or a bad wrist. Um, you know, I don't do a lot of this kind of work because planking work as, you know, we get older, maybe not you and I, Joe, but, you know, most of the people coming into this might not be like you or I, and they might not have the strength to be able to do a plank without taking it in their wrist, or a lot yeah. of people have weak wrists, a lot of people. So I do everything on elbows just because it just takes that out of it. But if you're a wrist person and you don't like things on the wrist, make sure you tell the teacher. Any good teacher should be able to adapt the work to suit you. Yes. You should, and, you should and, never and that, be going. Yes. Yeah. I agree. And that was a problem with that class. I took the disco class. They, I, I went early. I told him I have an L4, L5. I have never done anything like this. I'm hesitant about the fast pace. And, you know, they, the instructor who was a very good instructor, you know, just didn't have the time to bring it down to a level I could manage. And so, uh, that was not a good, um, uh, partner for me. So I, right. I agree. You have to really connect with the person you're going to work with. That is part mm -hmm. of your health equation. We're building a new healthcare system and that includes therapists, health coaches, fitness instructors, right? And a good yeah. doctor who's going to spend more than 15 minutes with you. Like you're mm -hmm. building your healthcare team. So you yeah. want to get the best team and make sure you have that deep connection with them. So how often should someone do Pilates to really get its full benefits and they're a newbie? Well, um, I say one time a week is better than no times a week. Mm -hmm. So if you can get it in once a week, that's great. If you can do it twice a week, even better. I don't necessarily think you need it more than twice a week if you're doing other mm -hmm. things. Um, you know, for sure, maybe a walk here and there, some cardio stuff along with the Pilates is very helpful just because Pilates is not, um, it shouldn't be fast paced and you, you really shouldn't ever be like huffing and puffing because it's, that's not how the work was created. Um, but I say once a week for sure, if you can do it twice a week, great. I don't necessarily oh, think that's you need great. anything more than that. It's doable. It's very I, doable. I, I love that because for someone like me, I aim for four days of heavy lifting because that's my thing. That's my jam. Uh, that's where mm -hmm. I just excel. And putting in two days of something else to complement my movement mm -hmm. is great. You know, you don't have to be all in four to five days a week. I love that. No, it's overkill. You don't need, how about this? You don't need it four days a week. Anybody mm -hmm. who tells you you should do Pilates four days a week. That's not your person. Yeah, they're not your person. Well, they wouldn't be my person. To me, it would be like, well, they just want my money and they don't really care about my body. Um, there's, you don't need to do it four days a week. Um, I, like I said, one day is better than no days. And if you can do two, great. But I don't really think it's, no, it's not an all in scenario. Even I don't do it every day and I teach it every day. Right. Some days, you know, you just, you don't, you don't need it. Right. You just right. don't. Is there anything new coming down the pipeline for Pilates that we should know about, right? We, so we just got the disco classes out of the way. What else could there possibly be? I mean, I don't, I, you know, the, it, there's some very creative people out there. So yeah. I don't really know what could be coming next um, down the pipeline. I don't really think that anybody can remake the wheel, so to mm -hmm. speak with, with this. But, um, but, you know, there's always hot Pilates and, 
you know, all sorts of great pool lotties in a pool. Um, there's all sorts of crazy ways for you to be able to do the work. But, you know, I believe that the best way to do it is just you and the floor. If, I, I unless, love that. Unless you can really get to a, an instructor and do a private and that's in your budget financially to do that. Great. But you can still supplement one more day a week on the mat. And I you love really that. Just keeping it body. simple. Simple yeah. and, and accessible, right? Everything yes. has to be accessible. You know, think about your clients and my clients who travel for work or, or they're on a mm -hmm. vacation. You know, if the equation, if your health equation is something you can only manage in the confines of your home, that's not really your health equation. So right. I love that Pilates is something you can take with you. You can do it in a hotel room using towels mm -hmm. or the chair, mm -hmm. whatever it is, right? Anything. Yep. And you don't need an hour of it. I mean, you can do a a good hard half hour mm -hmm. on your own. And I mean, all my classes are hours, but you don't, if you can only do a half hour, fine. You do one half of the class one day and then you do the other half the next day if you're away and you're like doing it virtually or you're doing it via video, whatever it is, you can just, you know, you don't, you don't have to kill yourself with this work. And that's, I think why people like it. It's, it's accessible once you learn it, it's easy-ish. Um, in that you, you know, the cues, but the work gets a little bit upticked and a little bit harder as you get a little bit more advanced. Tell us about the way you teach and work with your clients online, because that is something that has, is so valuable, especially coming out of COVID people not wanting to go back into studios or gyms and really just wanting not to get in there. Like for me, I don't go to a gym anymore. I created an at-home gym. I can get everything done that I needed to get done in the gym. Absolutely. I mean, there's no real reason to go to a gym anymore. Plus the gym is probably not from a Pilates standpoint, not where you're going to find the best Pilates classes. Um, just because I, you know, they may not be trained to the level that, you would probably want somebody trained who was going to be working with you. Mm -hmm. um, that's not to say that a gym doesn't have a good Pilates instructor, but most of the mat classes you'll find at the gym, you know, there's 50 people, the instructor's really not paying attention. Um, she may not be cueing so that if she's not paying attention, at least everybody knows where their body and, and, and everything needs to be in that space at that moment for what they're doing. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, I, I like a home. I mean, so the way I work with my clients, I, I two different ways. So I have a whole video platform on my website um, and there's 70 hours of classes on there and you can rent a class, you can be a subscriber. Um, but the classes are $15 each. And so you can rent a video and just do a video at home. Um, and it's minimal, it's minimal equipment. Like I said, when we have weights, you can use a water bottle or two. Um, right. at, or I do virtuals with people. So I'm in California now. So I, I have the luxury of two hours time difference. Mm -hmm. So I get up early and work with clients in the morning and then some afternoons. And those are just virtuals one-on-one -on -one with me and a client at their house. So on your video, your video library that you have on your website, mm -hmm. if it's somebody who is just starting and unfamiliar with Pilates, do you actually go through how to position yourself, what that should feel like, how they can visualize, visualize what muscles should be working at that time? Yes. Um, and so there's like a little, like an intro sort of thing, but, um, mostly I have found after 30 years, the best way to teach the work is to actually have the client do the work and cue them through it. Because, you know, I could tell you all day long what your transverse abdominus is and how it should be engaged. But until I actually give you the cueing and have you do some work, you don't understand. And then, you know, you might, then you might, might be like, oh, wait, I feel that. Because when you engage transverse abdominus, it's not like ab ripping, you know, crunch work. You're not, you don't feel it the <clears throat> same way when you feel it like, well, first of all, it's, if somebody was going to punch you in the gut, your first instinct would be to grip. And that's 
how you would feel transverse abdominis. So when you pull in and grip like that, you can feel it. Um, yeah. I, I always think that that's really helpful when I'm doing a workout online, which I do. Um, I do do workouts online with uh, a mm -hmm. couple people and they, they tell me visually what muscles I should be feeling and, and working at that time. And sometimes I think to myself, okay, I'm definitely not feeling that muscle. So something's off. I need to reposition right. and check in with myself. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's really helpful. You, you know, the cues pretty much stay the same in, in this work. So, you know, as long as you're making all the corrections and making your body do what I'm asking it to do, um, you're connected and you can feel it because it feels very different than not being connected. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Lily, so, yeah. what a, what a great episode and, and a deep dive into Pilates. I, I, have so many clients that love Pilates and so many who are interested in, in, in discovering Pilates for themselves and integrating that with their entire longevity plan. I think it's something that they can do long-term, um, minimal, minimal injuries, right? Like you're, you're being very careful and mindful about your movements. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're jumping up and down and, um, losing that right. sense no. of balance. 100%. And, and I love your input on the concentration and focus, right? That is huge for us women, you know, Alzheimer's disease strikes way more, a third more, three times more women than men post-menopause. So that's a mm -hmm. real concern. I mean, how many of us are walking into a room and wondering what are we even doing in this room? <laughs> you know, why did we come here? Why did we come here? So <laughs> I think that the concentration and focus to me is such a huge component of this. Any, any final words you would like to share? about Pilates? I would say, try it. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to go and don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid to tell them what you need. And don't be afraid to not go back if it's not the right teacher or space for you, but do find something else because it is so important not even just as women, but just as aging pop as an aging population or aging people, it's so important to get your body strong and get yourself to a place where you can, core is controlling your movements. Your movements are not controlling your core. I love that. And so tell everyone where your website is and how they can find you. Ah, you can find me Instagram, Facebook at the core method and the website is coremethodpilates.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was such a joy to catch up with you before we went live yeah. and just love hearing about your move to California and all the success you have had. And just, you are a Pilates rock star. Uh, thank you. So nice to speak with you and connect and thank you for having me and just keep moving people. Everybody yeah. keep moving. Absolutely. All right. Thanks everyone. And we'll see you next episode. Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Lifestyle changes can be hard and overwhelming to make. By building your support team of functional medicine doctors, therapists, and health coaches, you can reach your optimal health goals. Be sure to check out my other podcasts. Until we meet again, stay healthy.